Hi, and welcome to episode five of the Technical Foul podcast. I am Ben Thompson, the author of Statecry that has nothing to do with the NBA, but uh, I, I am a geek geeking out about basketball. I'm going to stick with that tagline. I like it. And I'm Manton Reese. I write iPhone apps, blog at manton.org, and you know, sometimes talk about basketball. And are a massive Spurs fan. And we we come together this week, Manton, to... There, there was a lot of concern about your how you were feeling last week. We were actually recorded early last week. We're late this week. So it's been like 10 days since the podcast came out. People are concerned. Are you doing okay? I think I'm all right. I didn't take the loss very well. I think this, this show needs to happen just so that I can have some closure and kind of <laughs> wrap up and talk about what I happened. know I bought we should have done we should have done it right afterwards because I, I I seem to recall you were you were uh how, how shall we say it uh, a little frustrated would yeah. that be a fair characterization I'm still I'm still frustrated all right the, the table's yours <laughs> vent, vent away and then I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong but uh but, but I'll let yeah. you vent away well first. we can go back and forth a little bit but I think the best place to start is you had asked me after game two of the Spurs Thunder did I feel like the Thunder kind of stole the game. And I laughed about it, and we joked about the crazy, just hectic last, you know, 30 seconds of the game. And I said, it's game two. If it was game seven, yes, but it was game two. I haven't changed my tune, but I feel a little differently now that they actually lost the series because I feel like game two wasn't, it wasn't just a one fluke in a six or seven game series. We saw the same thing happen in game five, where the Spurs have control of the game, almost the entire game. They're up five, 10 points most of the game. And then at the last minute, it just falls apart and they get bad calls. Same the kind of thing that happened in game two, but not quite as madness <laughs> unfolding on the court. Well, uh, yeah, uh, the, so I mean, game two, obviously I could, I could, I could nail you on the old Janelle who's over the line sort of thing and like should never have even come to it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I generally take the, you know, it evens out in the long run. Obviously, in a playoff series, that doesn't always happen. Uh, that said, uh, if if you will allow me to ever so slightly toot my horn, I th- actually do think by the end of the series, the Thunder were the better team. And and again, better is all relative. Like, because better, clearly the Spurs are the better team for the year. But the thing with the, the thing with the playoffs and the NBA in particular is generally the best team does win the series, but it's the best team in a set of two, right? It doesn't mean the best team. The Spurs were a better team overall, but the, like we've seen for going on four or five years now that this Thunder team matches up well with the Spurs. And I think we saw it again. Like it, it kind of played out like it, it has in the past when, when the when the, the Thunder have played the Spurs well. Yeah, and I was always worried. Even the very first episode recorded, I think I was talking about being worried about the Thunder because the very first game of the season, the Spurs lost to the Thunder. That's and, right. You did mention that. Yep. Yeah, and of course, a lot has changed since then. I'll just kind of start feeling better and fitting in. But that first game did show right at the beginning that the Thunder, their offense is great. Like when they're when they're scoring, they are going to beat you. And that's something that the Spurs have struggled with all year. Their defense has gotten them to 67 games. And I would argue it was 67 wins. I'd argue even that like they were like kind of like a 70 win team potentially. Like if they hadn't arrested people the last month, I mean, like they were a all time great Spurs team, but a lot of that was defense. You know, they had a really great game one offensively and they had a couple other bits that were, they were great, but consistently they had they had trouble with that and so when shots weren't falling 
every little thing mattered. And I, I generally agree with you that in a, the great thing about a seven game series is that usually the better team wins because things even out. It's not just one game. It's not like college basketball. It's not like football. Seven games is a lot of time for things to work out. I was frustrated just because things seemed a little, it seemed like everything was going the Oklahoma's way. All the little things, you know, Tony Parker missing a couple key shots, Spurs shooting poorly, which some of it was defense, but a lot of, I mean, there was, I couldn't count how many open shots the Spurs missed in a couple of those games. Uh, I just, I've never seen that many open shots missed before. But then again, that last minute was so frustrating to me because like the uh, game two, it didn't seem like quite as a fluke because game five, again, the same thing happened when the NBA uh, officials released the, the last, you know, final two minute report. Like here are the calls we got right and wrong. There were 14 entries in the last uh, two minutes. Only two were missed calls and they were both against the Spurs and they both practically decided the game. The first one was when uh, Danny Green was tripped and fell into Durant. He gets fouled, makes shots. And the second one was when they tried to, they were only down one point, I think. They tried to foul Westbrook and quite like grabbed him, like practically tackled him. No call. But then there was a call when uh, he got to the hoop and Aldridge fouled him and then, you right. know, and one and then the game's over because they're up four. I mean, those two things, those two missed calls, frustrating. Yeah, the, the, those are the Danny Green one in particular was really bad. The I mean, the thing to remember with the intentional foul, Westbrook is a is a good free throw shooter and he's traditionally been good at the end of games. Like your win expect ex, expectancy was still pretty low. But that said, totally fair. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you about that. Uh, I I will just remind you that you have one. I believe, uh, what was it, four championships? <laughs> I love how you're you're <laughs> underestimating it. So I can correct you and say five. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Five, I mean, five championships, and my Bucks have not won one since 1971 before I was born. So yeah, uh, and that, it, I mean, and they should really. I think the Spurs should be proud of this year. They were really good. I really, I really hope that Tim Duncan comes back for another year. We can talk about that maybe later. It would have been nice if some of these old guys had, had gone out with a championship. But I do like that. So in game six, obviously they lost. But I do like the way they finished because they, they their second quarter was so terrible. Spurs weren't making yeah. any shots. They made like, I think it was like 12 points or something. And the and the Thunder up 25, I think 28, 20, almost 30 points at one point. A lot of teams would have said this game is over. The Spurs actually came back and had one of their best second halves of the yeah, season. They got it down to eleven, I think. They got like, it down to have, eleven, and, and when they got it down to eleven with just a few few points, a uh, few minutes left, I was like, "They're going to come back and win this game." That would have been incredible. Like they're actually, and then you know, it just kind of wasn't quite enough enough time. But they scored, yeah, thirty four points in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, sixty eight points, and the only time I think there's only two games they've scored more than that. There was a, a 68 or 69 point game earlier in the season against some random team. And then game one of the series when Aldridge was shooting 70% or something, right. they had a 70, uh, 70 some 73 point half. But so I like the way they finished that game. That game makes me feel a little better because again, getting back to who's the better team. I mean, the Thunder, the last half of the series, they allowed 68 points. And yeah, so they it, were, their defense was awesome. So the the problem the problem for the Spurs is I I think I mean I hope Duncan comes back I mean that block where Ibaka blocks him at the end was very sad it kind of felt like 
crap, that might be the end. Yeah. But and I loved in the way like he closed out the game, you kind of felt like like you know they were just leaving him in. Like he wanted to stay in. Uh, right. I think. He I, but kind of, I, he, but he, he played great. I'm glad they. Stayed he was a great. Him. Yeah. I mean, he is still a fantastic rim protector and. And that is more important in the NBA right now than ever before with these kind of spread offenses and like four out one guy. Like if you can have that guy, I mean, it's it's still very valuable. The I mean, again, I think I said this last week, but the problem for the Spurs is at the point guard position. I mean, they the way to beat that and we'll get to the OKC versus Warriors. But the way to beat that OKC defense is you got to put them in pick and roll for pick and roll. Whoever is especially that Cantor out there. I mean, can't it's funny. I think Cantor is one of those guys where if he had played in the 90s, he would have been a super superstar like he's at this great post game he defends one-on-one pretty well his problem is when you put him in space and he like he's the most viable defender in the league like like people just make a fool out of him all the time and the spurs just didn't have anyone to do that i mean parker he's definitely on the downside of his career and then mills doesn't run a very good pick and roll i thought mills had a really bad series i think that really that really hurt you guys yeah true when mills is shining and like when he's making threes in transition and like shooting, like that makes a huge difference. That puts them does, from being up a few points to being up 15 points. And this is the thing I was always concerned about the Spurs. I, I can't remember if I said this, but I mean, they were so great in the regular season, but part of being great in the regular season was that their second unit was so good. Yeah. The problem is when you get into the playoffs, teams play their starters so much more mm-hmm. that a big second unit advantage is shrunk from being, you know, 15 minutes a game to being like six minutes a game. So a team that builds its record and and its point differential like the Spurs did by not just being great as starters, but also being great on the bench and really running up the score in many respects, that advantage kind of just disappears in the playoffs. And I think that might have happened to the Spurs a little bit as well. And there was also some inconsistency. Usually, you're absolutely right. And the bench has been great the last, uh, well, for a long time, but definitely the last couple of years for the Spurs. There was some kind of chaos in terms of who was playing from the bench in the second quarter of game six that was kind of bizarre to watch. Yeah, Yeah, it was kind of like Pop was just throwing everything, seeing what would happen, and didn't quite work. And... I mean, something's kind of worked, but like, like I had said early on the podcast, like I thought they should have Boban in there more. Uh, he's so tall. He shoots well. He can help get offensive rebounds. And he did that, but then he was called for a lot of fouls, like just trying to reach the ball right. over yeah. Adams. And, you know, whether those call, those calls were probably fine. I, don't, I didn't review them, but like that really hurt his ability to be effective. And I think when you, when you just start playing someone that the refs haven't seen in the series much. And I don't know, they were trying a lot of things. They put Kevin Martin in there and he missed all his shots. And uh, it it was like they had that quarter to just kind of experiment. And unfortunately, it was a a bad quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was a really bad quarter. And and they they figured it out. And like I said, the second half was was really great. Uh, But uh, yeah, the bent, it felt like a little bit of, not panicking, but like, they didn't have they didn't have like that core bench that they like right. sub everyone in and and things are good and they extend the lead with the bench that didn't happen. Yeah, no, I I think I think that's exactly right. The the, the one other thing I would add is, and I think you saw this a little bit with Golden State is, uh, you talked about all the missed open shots, but w- what makes the and this has been the case for OKC for the last several years is they do have so many kind of like freakish athletes, particularly. Uh, I would predict Durant, Westbrook, and, and Ibaka that can uh, challenge shots like three point shots 
to a much greater extent than you would ever expect. So they can sink way into the lane and they can get way out and they're so long that they're more disruptive than you're used to. And I think, and you see this happen again and again in teams playing the Thunder, particularly in the playoffs, where their three-point shooters end up being kind of more off than usual. And I think it's part of like, they're, they're just like, they're more nervous than they are normally against normal teams, if that makes sense. Huh. And I, it, it's hard to prove that and show that that's what happened with the Spurs. But you, you see it again and again, where teams have bizarrely off three-point shooting nights against this team in particular, uh, and, which again, I mean, OKC has, has focus problems, which we'll talk about in a moment with game two and game three or game one, and game two, I should say. But they have the capability of playing this sort of freakish style of defense with these unbelievably long defenders that are super athletic. And I think it gets in, in teams heads and probably that happens more to bench guys than it does to like starters. Yeah, it could be. The NBA has some neat uh, stats now about like actually recording what shots are contested and which are not. And I've not, I haven't looked at this in detail, but I'm kind of tempted maybe when I get over this series <laughs> to, to go back and to see, into it, yeah. to see how it was. Cause I, I just, I just kept seeing so many open shots and even like, Game five, which I keep going back to, is like the Spurs should have won that game. They needed to win that game. Um, you know, like they're down one with a minute or two left. And Tony Parker, I remember he like went off a screen or something and just missed just missed wide open, you know, mid-range kind of shots that he will frequently make and, and made some at the beginning of game six. So, eh, that's just – that's that's how it goes. I, I still think the Spurs are a better team, but I will uh, – but they lost. So uh, well, what are so, you going to do? So, the OKC managed to win these close games, which, you know. Which they didn't during the season. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a big thing for OKC, and and this is going to kind of ta- segue into the, the Warriors series, is I felt like in those last few games, they were playing Robertson much less. Like, I, I, I am, I, I feel when it's following me on Twitter, I know Tech Band, like, I am so anti-Andre Robertson, mm-hmm. not because... One, I think he's vastly overrated as a defender. Actually, Kawhi lit him up that entire series. Uh, and and Kawhi actually had a much harder time with the end waiters. But the problem with Robertson is you don't need to guard him. And yes, I know he made some shots in game six, but like even without his he shots, he made a few key no threes. That, that, yeah, but that, yeah. that was one game in the entire playoffs. Right. And you can see he's right back to normal now. Yeah, like, exactly. And, the problem well, and that's is, why I was so frustrated because like, oh my gosh. If he would just yeah, play normally and miss important. those shots, because yeah. the no, Spurs totally. let him take those shots, most of them. As they should have. And like, honestly, if Andre Robinson makes shots and you lose, like, you're just like, it just wasn't your year, right. honestly. <laughs> I mean, the, the guy is, he's an awful offensive player. And actually, when he's taking the shot, that's better than the other times. I think we talked about this last week, where where he doesn't even, he passes up open shots. And then like, and so what happens is, he just mucks up the offense so much. And so what you saw in game one against the Warriors, uh, which OKC came back to win, but you saw the way the Warriors started. They started with Draymond Green covering Robertson, a.k.a. not covering him. And they left they left Green down under the basket to basically double whoever came down there hmm. or help out on screens. And they just left the guy wide open. And they did it again this this past game, game two. Uh, and and a lot of Durant's turnovers, he had a ton of turnovers, were just because he was dribbling off of screens and he's going into this thicket of folks because they're they're effectively playing four and five on offense. And what what the spur what the OKC did in those last several games was they played Waiters much more than Robertson. I think I sent you the plus minus numbers. Like like mm-hmm. Waiters was wildly 
a better option. And this gets to both OKC's upside and downside. The problem is if you're relying on TN waiters, and it's kind of funny because if you go back to game one of the season, I think we joked about this. I'm like, well, yeah, I remember game one of the season, Deion Waiters had a huge game at crunch time. But it turns out that was the key to this series. Deion Waiters played really, really well in the last three games of that series, and that gave the Thunder five on five on offense. And held up well enough on defense and, and that was enough and that was in my opinion the difference in the series was was Deion Waiters <laughs> amazingly enough yeah especially when he elbowed Ginobili trying to pass the ball and I'll never get over that no matter what you say <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. no totally fair if I were you if I were you I would be way more bitter so I think you're handling it pretty well but then again I don't I don't know what it feels like to have won five championships so so maybe I wouldn't be that bitter it's uh I'm I'm you know it's it's frustrating that you get so invested in these. I was thinking about this last week because like I, I've watched like a lot of Spurs games this year, not, like on TV. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you missed person. you missed Game Seven that you were going to go to. Uh, exa- so oh, I was ready. I like had Ticketmaster up. I was like, as soon as they win Game Five or Six, I'm going to buy tickets, and I couldn't. So disappointing. Um, but well, we uh, can buy we can buy better tickets for for the Warriors in the finals. Exactly, I can save my money. I'm glad I got to go. I got to go to round one, and you know, obviously they swept Memphis, but it was still fun. I'm glad I got to go to that. Yeah, playoffs are always fun for sure. Yeah, but you know, it, it, it's it's a good year. I, I'll I'll get over it. It was it was it was a great year. You weren't going to beat the Warriors, honestly, in my opinion. Right, that's fine. I know you don't want to hear that. But no, no, that's fine. I, I mean, it was a bad matchup for you. Like I said before, there's no shame in losing to the Warriors. I I'd hope they make it because I mean like I remember some of the I remember one of the games we went to in San Antonio uh, the, the Spurs just kind of steamrolled over whoever they were playing can remember and you know after the game people are chanting you know like we want the Warriors bring them on and it's like well <laughs> it didn't, it didn't not happen. sure about that that was before yeah. they had even played because they played the Warriors so late uh, in the season they did uh, it was a it was a good series it felt kind of like a seven game series even though uh, it was only six because there was a few really close ones yeah kind of felt like that was where the playoffs got started and yeah seven would have been great both of got seven Spurs probably would have won yeah home court is key and let's let's move into the Warriors again with that because like I had, I had told you I didn't think that the Oklahoma Thunder could win like three in a row um, and close it out at home like they did they did and but getting like home court advantage back early on is important. I mean that matters. And so Oklahoma has that again with the Warriors. Are you surprised? I'm not. So I actually not only did I pick the Warriors, uh, but I picked them in six mm-hmm. and further predicted that the uh, Thunder would go up two one in the series. Okay. So um, and which which I mean it looked like it has a good chance of happening. I'm glad we're recording today after game two and the Warriors came back because I was much more angsty on the Warriors' behalf after game one than I am now. Mm-hmm. But I I thought that was the game for the Thunder win was game one. Mm-hmm. Bogut is clearly hurt. Green was coming off a sprained ankle. Uh, I still don't think Curry is is fully back, and that includes the game two explosion, which we can talk talk about a little bit but like early the series was the time was the time to get the game and and they did and again it was one of those close could have gone and gone either way at the end but they managed to win it so this is why i picked the warriors so i think the thunder at their peak can absolutely beat the warriors but if they're not at their peak so if the thunder are at their peak and the warriors are at their peak the warriors win Mm-hmm. And so the Thunder have to be at their peak and the Warriors have to be a little off for the, th- for the Thunder win. And that's enough to win a few games. It's probably not enough to win a seven-game series. Right. And so that's why I picked the Warriors in six. Like, I definitely think the Thunder at their best can beat them, but I, I don't think they can, they can four times. And 
I think game one was a great reason why. I mean, I actually, so I actually tweeted this back in February when they, uh, when Steph Curry hit that crazy shot to win, to, to win that game and the oh, Thunder yeah. should have won that game. The Thunder are, again, they're really uniquely equipped to beat the Warriors. And the reason is they have in some, it's weird, but you can't beat the Warriors playing the Warriors game. If you try to play team basketball against the Warriors team basketball, the Warriors are going to do it better. Right. If you try to go small against the Warriors, the Warriors are going to go small better. If you try to play up-tempo against the Warriors, the Warriors are going to do it better. Like, the Warriors are just so good at what they do. You have to take them out of the game. And we saw this with Cleveland last year in the finals, right? We went to game, both of us went to game two of the finals, and the re- the success Cleveland had was getting Golden State out of their game and out of they wanted to do and they mucked it up and they made it messy and what did we have James doing? We had him doing one on one all the time and it wasn't super efficient. But the the advantage of going one on one is you there's two advantages. One, you don't turn the ball over, so you they, the other teams get out in transition, and two, you set up lots of offensive rebounding opportunities because like your big guys like know what's going to happen. So they don't need to worry about being involved in the motion of the offense. They're just down there getting position. And so you have OKC with two dominant one-on-one guys, uh, uh, some big guys that are awesome at offensive rebounding. And, and I think that style of playing that way is actually one of the, it's one of the few ways that makes sense against this Warriors team. And when you have guys like Durant and Westbrook, if you get one or both of them on, and I thought Westbrook was amazing in game one, uh, even though when he was missing the first half, I thought he was still really good. And then he started hitting crazy shots in the third. Yeah. If you have them both playing like that, like you can absolutely pull it off. And and they did. Like you said, you can't really out warriors, the the warriors, like you can't, right, like exactly. if it's a shooting contest or whatever, like they're going to win. But I find it funny sometimes when I watch Westbrook, I've seen this a couple times happen in game one and two, where like Curry will hit a three and then Westbrook will come back. And it's like, well, I'm going to hit a three. And then it's like I, an air ball. It's deadly to them because, it, because <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I tweeted this today that like, Westbrook taking a bad three in the middle of a Warriors run is like pouring fuel on a fire, mm-hmm. like pouring gas on a fire because it, it long threes let you get out in transition because it's going to be a long rebound. Uh, you're often the shooters often out of position, especially Westbrook because he'll admire his shot. Uh, yeah, it's it, you're exactly right. And he's more likely to take those bad shots in the middle of a Warriors run. So it, 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 it totally makes it worse. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, totally. and he, and he, you see, it looks like he just has that feeling like I'm, I'm going to take control of this game. You know, this hero right. ball. I'm, I'm the person I'm going to make the three now. And yeah, it just doesn't that, always that's work the thing, out. That's the thing with Westbrook though. That's why Westbrook is like Westbrook is, uh, he's got to be like the, he's like the, the journalist's best friend because <laughs> you can always have a hot take about Westbrook and it's not about him being crazy. Like he, yeah, he dresses crazy and off the court and stuff, but his on court play he is so extreme in every extent. Like he won that game one by like him by himself. He dominated that game. And then on the flip side, he can turn around and just utterly and completely lose you the game at the same time. He can do it in, in the same game in two halves. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, the guy's awesome. Like he mm-hmm. no no person like adds to the NBA viewing experience more than him. Like I tweet about him more than any other player because <laughs> I I like I get so frustrated. So one thing that he does all the time that's really bad against the Warriors is he will take these crazy athletic drives of the basket that no one else could do. But he's not a great finisher on the rim, so he'll often miss these layups. But then he's under the basket and like the camera guys, and now it's a five-on-four going the other way. He yeah. does this all the time. And against the Warriors, where you have all these three-point shooters on the floor, it's 
it's deadly. And that's the thing with today when Curry went off, Curry was wide open in almost all the shots. I don't think any of them were because of Westbrook layups, but mm-hmm. well, even when it's not a layup, like Westbrook will go for his own rebounds a lot, and that yes, puts him yes, in a similar yes. position if he doesn't actually get the offensive rebound. It does, and actually, that that's the, my biggest uh, surprise of this series generally, and of this game in particular. So, game one, I think OKC out rebounded. Uh, Golden State by 10, which I expected, but that was less than I expected. I remember they outrun Golden State by 30 in that game that Curry hit that shot. Um, but to this game this morning or the, last night, your time, uh, Golden State actually out rebounded OKC, which is which if OKC, OKC has to dominate the boards, if they're getting out rebounded by Golden State, like there's no way they can they can win this series at all. Yeah, I had mentioned just a second ago about. Like when they put Bobon in in the Spurs game and trying to you know, get some more offensive rebounds, <laughs> any kind of rebounds actually. I th- I didn't look, but I assume that the Thunder sort of dominated the Spurs almost every game on rebounds. Oh, they did. I mean, yeah. I think in that game five, the one you were talking about, I, I believe the Thunder got every single rebound in the last six minutes of the uh, game, yeah. offensive and defensive. Yeah, like the Spurs did not get a single rebound at the end of the game. That's what and it that, felt that, like that's for how sure. They came back. Yeah, and we talked even on in uh, you know game two and three how Adams was was really good and just I don't know we talked about rebounding a little bit and so anyway fast forward to this uh, Warriors game like you were saying. I noticed, I don't know if there was a change, but it did seem in game two, the Warriors were kind of getting tougher on the glass. And I know like Verjao was in there and he was like really like pushing. And I I mean, do you think that that, it felt like that made a difference, just like not letting the Thunder just kind of push him around. Yeah, I think there's two things going on. So one, like whenever Robertson is in the game, like Green, they have a big guy covering him. And so the big guy's just sitting under the basket. So they're already in like pretty good rebounding position. But two, one thing that was interesting in this game, and I have not, I'm still not sure if it's the good thing, and this is why I actually think the Thunder can pull another one, is the the Warriors only played their death lineup for 40 seconds in this game. And that was the last 40 seconds of the first half where they went on a 7-0 run mm-hmm. at, to take the lead going into halftime, which it was a tie game. And so that helped from, I think that's why they won in rebounding. Like they, they played five centers this game. Um, <laughs> like what was it? Was it that, that Bogut, they had Azili, they had Spates, they had uh Verzau, and then green played center for those, for, those, for those few seconds. So it definitely helped in the rebounding. That said, I mean, the death lineup, killed the thunder in game one and they played it a lot. And I don't know. It, I was really interested that they went a, away from it so much in game two. It's hard to argue with the results to be sure. But that said, like the 40 seconds it was in, like they crushed them. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, I, I, so my, if, if I, if my prediction ends up being correct, the thunder win game three and then uh, Kerr comes back in game four playing the death lineup heavily, and then they just wipe him out the last three games of the series, including in OKC in game six. Um, I want it just because I liked being right. But I, I mean, I think, <laughs> but it seems it seems totally viable. I mean, I, I I totally think OKC will win at least one game at home. I mean, you would expect that given they, they, they won game, the first game. And frankly, I mean, they were, most of their guys the problem for OKC is that they're so dependent on that Robertson waiter spot. Like they need one of those guys to be good. And frankly, those like, and this is why it's so frustrated with the OKC front office. Like you should not be in a position of year nine of Kevin Durant that you're 
outcome depends on Deion Waiters playing well. I mean, that's just a bad, like Deion Waiters should be like your seventh or eighth guy. And ideally he's hot and he helps you, but you have someone stable to help out. And the problem is they have a very unstable spot in their lineup that, that most nights won't be what it needs to be against a team like the Warriors. But I mean, if he, if he has a good game, I I think the Thunder can, can totally do it. I mean, the other thing is Adams, he was hurt a lot that last game. And yeah, that's true. His ability to cover the perimeter and to get back down inside has been so impressive and they need him to be healthy for sure. He seemed to get hurt in the game multiple times. And I, again, I think that gets to kind of just getting more physical and rough under the basket. I mean, some of that was just accidents, but uh, I don't know. I think there's something maybe to that. And I, I had mentioned in the Spurs game, just the lopsided fouling too. And a lot of that is just the difference in how the teams play, but like it was very different. Like some of the games, Spurs had a lot of fouls and almost every game, I think the Thunder were going to the line sometimes twice as many times, twice as it's many free throws. It's interesting because I, I feel like a, so I thought the, I thought the, I mean, I try to not complain with the refing just because I feel, you know, it's kind of a fruitless thing. But the refing in this game, I thought was really poor. Hmm. Uh, but in general, I think not calling fouls helps the thunder really because well, they're trying to be super physical like and they're they're being super handsy with curry and like trying to bump him every time he goes to the lane and grab his jersey and stuff like that mm-hmm. and i think that the more they can muck it up yeah, that may be true but like the if you look at the games that the thunder wins a lot of times they are winning by free throws only so game one way more free throws game two warriors shot more free throws going back to the spurs game six actually the Spurs and the Warriors in game six had exactly the same number of baskets, 40. Oh, the Spurs and the Thunder. Yeah. Thunder, Thunder won on, on free throws being like, you know, twice, twice many times getting to the line. That's interesting. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Well, you might not be wrong, but I just, I noticed that that kind of, that's it's not, maybe not a pattern, but at least, at least in the, the last handful of games, they're getting to the line a lot. And, you know, I don't know, I guess they're, making the free throws and getting getting fouls called. What, what's interesting is that this series, like the Thunder in the opposite position versus the Spurs, like the problem for with the Spurs versus the Thunder, the Spurs had, like they're good at defense. So the question is, could they score enough? And in this series, the Thunder, uh, the question, they, I think they have a question if they can score enough. And hmm. the problem is that, the problem for the Thunder is they have the capability of playing great defense. But and I think I might have mentioned this last week. Like I don't, I question they can carry on that focus for four full games. Yeah. And if you saw last night, like again, Curry in the third quarter, it was awesome. But almost all those shots, he was wide open. Like they just fell apart defensively. And frankly, that's what they've done all year. Like it's it's hard to imagine that a team can really fundamentally change his character for the playoffs. Right. You know, absent like the LeBron James, James Heat or the Lakers of like 2001 or something, which were multiple time champions. Like we're no like a team that hasn't won. It's hard to see them having that switch to flip. And we saw that last night. I mean, like the, the Thunder were decent in the first and they just fell all over themselves in the third and the, and the Warriors got tons of open shots, tons of they were running pick and rolls of the basket getting dunks like several times. And and I, you can't, you just can't afford that because, and that gets the idea. Like the Thunder at their best are competitive. I just don't think they can be there at their best for enough games to to to, to make it make it happen. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. That said, if we had recorded last night, I might have been much more <laughs> angsty. Well, you're, we'll 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 check back back in on your uh, prediction for how it's going to go. And I think, funnily enough, if if it goes how you think it'll go, it's exactly the same 
switch that happened with the Spurs Thunder, but you know the Thunder would lose in terms of winning oh, yeah, game one, right. losing game two, right. like it'd be exactly the same. Winning the final three, which I can totally see the Warriors uh, doing that. One thing that's interesting is that both the Warriors and the Thunder have traditionally gotten better as series go along. Like the Thunder have have done that for several years now. The Warriors last year were certainly like that. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see who gets who gets more better, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of going forward. And I think this the the question is always who has the adjustment to make. And the problem is the th- I don't know any adjustments the Thunder can make like going forward. Like just because their roster is limited. Like and this is again why the team is frustrating. The 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 Warriors still have the like we can start the death lineup and play it like 30 minutes. And that's a pretty huge trump card to have in your back pocket. And given that they have it, uh and given like the pre-existing assumptions about the series, uh I I, I still I feel pretty good about the the sixth in six pick. Yeah, I agree. So we need to move on to the East, but I before we do that, let's rewind briefly and talk about Portland because we talked about it a little bit, but I think we missed the last game or two. Do you think Portland was like the best shot of anybody beating the Warriors? So <laughs> I feel like they're the only one that that can play at that because level. No like, Curry, because no Curry, you mean? Well, no, not just even with Curry, just like they're the only team that seems like they can keep up to that pace when the Warriors are on fire. And I don't know. I remember there was like, I can't remember which game it was, maybe game five with Portland. And it was just like the pace was just intense, back and forth, back and forth. Lillard, CJ hitting threes, Curry hitting threes. Just I don't know. Just it, those those are games were really fun to watch. The the pro- they were it was a great series. Uh, the problem for Portland is Lillard can get to that Curry level like once every five games. Yeah, I think you had but said he, that before. He, he yeah. can't. Yeah, he can't. He can't do it consistently enough. And the other thing is like when they were when they were really getting the words for running, like guys like Alan Crab and uh Farouk Aminu were nailing all their threes like their shooting was incredible in 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 those like three through five mm-hmm. and the fact that the Warriors still won two of them like it's it's hard to see that sustaining over multiple games so uh I like I think that was the best possible five game series you could have asked for mm-hmm. like every it was such an enjoyable series to watch and uh did we do we record no we, we missed the overtime the curry overtime. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You recorded, right. we recorded the night before. before game four or five. So Curry came off the bench in that game. He did. Yeah. And like, <laughs> so I, so I, it was very traumatic for me because I told you I was going to miss it. I, so I was flying to Europe and I was flying via Beijing. Beijing is a, is a terrible airport for many reasons. One of which is the internet's awful, uh, in part because of the Great Firewall and it's slow and it's hard to get logged on. And so I was there and I'm trying desperately to log on. And it turns out my NBA league pass is blocked. It's not allowed in China. Uh, it's not blocked, but they, the NBA has a separate agreement with QQ, like 10 cents, like online portal. So I'm going, so I'm trying to turn on as soon as I got the plane. I said, I have to go through like the transfer, go through security. I get to the lounge and I sit down and and I'm sitting there literally like 20 minutes and I finally get the QQ channel like working with a minute left of regulation. Uh, so I, <laughs> I missed like Curry. Curry got kind of got hot with like three minutes left. So I missed the beginning of it, but, but I, I managed to take in the whole still overtime. up a few points probably when you said uh, they were, I think they I were up three with just like a minute left or something. I think that Curry had just tied it. When okay. I just in. tied it. Okay. Yeah. And, and then both Willard and Curry, I saw Willard and Curry both miss shots at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And then I got to see the overtime. So, which was all, amazing. All, exactly. And I went back and the whole game was actually great. I watched the whole game yeah. later, but the, uh, I got the overtime live, which was incredible. It was awesome. It was like all you could ask for as a sports fan. It was, it was amazing. And then, of course, Curry's 
like he's saying, I'm back or, or whatever he's mouthing, um, which is, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I would have liked to watch the whole game because like what was so great about it is like he was so clearly rusty at the beginning and then just like th- seeing him change over the course of the game. And then and then you were like that was the proper Curry explosion where he was hitting these stupid like dribbling between his legs mm-hmm. back and forth, crossing eye up yeah. and pulling up a three. Oh, it, it was awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it mattered even more or was even more impressive because like you said, he was kind of rusty and struggling. He's kind of going off the bench, miss, missing some shots. And even I'm looking again, I'd forgotten. Blazers were up 10 points at halftime. Yeah. And there were also some weird things happening. Like Livingston had those two quick technical fouls and was thrown out of the game. I feel like we should highlight technical fouls since that's the podcast name. I don't know. Usually, <laughs> we, we should point those out. So, so I actually watched this closely. So the two plays before that, uh, he thought he got fouled and he quacked really loudly mm-hmm. in Scott Foster's face. And I don't like Scott Foster. He's one of my least favorite referees, but Livingston probably should have been teed up two plays prior. Uh-huh. So if you th- like in that context, like, yeah, the second tee was pretty quick. He didn't back off for sure. But if you think about it, he probably deserved one like two minutes before. I actually thought he totally deserved to get thrown out. I was, I was watching it knowing what happened. I was ready to be outraged that he got thrown out. Uh-huh. I actually thought it was totally justified. And he, he was playing terrible that game. Uh, anyway, he probably did the Warriors a favor to be frank. <laughs> That's a, that seemed even watching it live. That's it seemed right. Cause you, you got to back away. You gotta, you can't keep after you get a technical file, you can't keep going after right. the ref. It's no, just I not going to work. So uh, we, we have done our best to avoid talking about the East. I think we've 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 yeah. fought the good fight. <laughs> so let me let me set the stage real quick with the East. So the Cavs swept the first two series, and so going into the Raptors, I thought it was interesting. The Raptors played two seven-game series. Mm-hmm. They played fourteen games to the Cavs eight. I thought that's kind of a. Uh, Kind of interesting. <laughs> the, yeah. the the Raptors are really uh, really fighting for this, and meanwhile the Cavs are just kind of strolling through. Yeah, and not looking great doing it. So I picked the Cavs in five, and I'm feeling terrible about it after Game One. So the, the uh, so one uh, Cleveland looks awesome. They continue to look awesome. The observation I would make is LeBron James is like a Bill Gates version of Draymond Green if he wants to be. Like and what was happening in that first in that second quarter in particular was was LeBron James was being the role man in the pick and roll, uh, with with Deldova and and Kyrie and like you you like what does Draymond Green do? That's so amazing. He gets these PRs with, with with Curry. Curry gets trapped. He passes to Draymond Green. It's a four on three. Green's a great decision maker. He passes the ball. He can finish. Like that James is better at everything that Draymond Green does, right? He's a better passer. He's a better finisher. He's better at it all. And if he is going in, like he's declined to play that role, his old career, he's preferred to be the ball handler in the pick and roll. If he wants to actually embrace being the role guy in the pick and roll and they're surrounding him with shooters. I mean, that is, it's devastating from an off, I don't. I have no idea how you spot how you stop that. You put Kyrie and and James or Deldova and James doesn't matter uh, in the pick and roll, and you have Fry and Love and J.R. Smith or Shumpert or whoever spying the perimeter. I mean, I have no idea how you defend that. It, that's scarier, I think, than the Warriors because, frankly, because I think the uh, Barnes and Iguodala are little so so when it comes to when it comes to the shooting. I mean, it's it's an incredible lineup. It's going to be difficult for the Raptors. I don't know. So you're thinking at this point they'll 
they'll sweep. I, I think they'll sweep it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's hard to see the Raptors putting up a fight. Yeah. I mean, right now, I, I mean, what did they do? Is there any, like, well, Lowry, no, Lowry needs besides... to go. Lowry needs to go for 45 basically. Yeah. Like, and, and I mean, that's the, that's so Cleveland against the Warriors has two problems. One is uh point guard defense. I know Del Dova got a good reputation last year, but I think that was more Curry being, uh, nervous out of it because Curry roasted him the last three games of the finals. So, like people forget that, like Curry just destroyed him, and I think Curry should have gotten MVP of the finals, frankly, because uh, Iguodala got all those points off of Curry, you know, <laughs> getting him wide open. Uh, so Cleveland has bad point guard defense, and so Lowry needs to go off. And then the other problem for Cleveland is. The problem for Cleveland against the Warriors is that lineup I just described, that offensive lineup, is not great on D. Like, where the Warriors are so... The reason the Warriors are so good is that small ball lineup is a great defensive lineup. Like, that plays much bigger than it is. And in this case, Barnes is actually, I think, underrated. And Iguodal is obviously great. And then we all know Green is awesome. Uh, And I'm not sure, like, as much as that Cleveland lineup will score, I don't know if they can stop... Like, but we could see finals games like the one thirties. Like, if this if this pushes all the way through, wow. Sorry, I, I conflated a whole bunch of points. Yeah, there, no, that's good. I mean, I haven't paid, I haven't uh, paid quite as much attention to the East, and I, I want to watch these to these yeah. these final few games if there's really only three left um, more closely. I have noticed. I mean, I. I'm always rooting for Corey Joseph because he was on the Spurs. And I really enjoyed watching him, and he's been great this year. Yeah, he he's really been good. I think uh, I think that was a good choice for him to go back. I mean, he's got one championship and he can try to go help his team. He's been kind of inconsistent, um, but he'll have some great games. And I've noticed also he, they'll sometimes play Lowry and him together. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if, I can't remember what they did in, in game one, but I noticed this a couple times. Well, they, they yeah, they didn't do that because they've had this great uh, bench lineup. I, I, I'm totally saying this from 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 uh, the Dungeon Podcast because I haven't watched the Toronto the games as closely, but the um, where they will put Lowry with Joseph together, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of bench guys, and they've been very strong, but they didn't play that in, in game one, and that was actually when they got blown apart was in the beginning of the, se- of the second quarter when the Cavs had James in with a bunch of bench players mm-hmm. and 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 really blew out the court. So I'm not sure why Toronto did that, but I mean, Toronto just doesn't have enough guys. I mean, and I I despise Demari DeCarroll's game. I'm sorry, or whatever, Demari Carroll's game. Uh, no, DeMar DeRozan, sorry. I like mm-hmm. DeMar DeCarroll. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's game. Like, he's like Kobe Bryant without the skill. Ouch. Yeah, and I'm not a huge Kobe Bryant fan either. Right? Um, but, but he had probably the best game of anybody at game, well, at least some of the points did. in game no, one. No, he did, and like, the, and like, he's a guy who can get his own shot for sure, but like, if he's your best guy, like, you just have a ceiling on your team that is not, like, it's not the finals, frankly. Hmm. And... um which it's going to be hilarious when the Lakers sign in this summer and, and the Lakers uh, fans can transfer all their Kobe defending to DeMar defending. And I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> oh gosh. I've enjoyed watching the Raptors play. I think some of those series with Miami, it, it's been fun, but yeah, I don't see how it was competitive, but this. it was ugly, right? Yeah. Well, no, exactly. It was like, uh, yeah, it's uh, each, each series went to seven. Yeah, it's too bad Whiteside got hurt. It, I, mean, I would have loved to see, like we talked about, I would have loved to have seen Miami play Cleveland. But yeah. once Whiteside went down, it was it was all over for them, unfortunately. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like, yeah, like you said, not quite enough firepower, the Raptors. And they they are cons- they don't consistently, Lowry doesn't consistently shoot great every game. Like, it's like 
flip a coin whether he's going to shoot over 50% yep. or not. Yeah, the pro- that's with seven games is enough that like the variance will go against you if it's if it's too great. And that's the thing with the, again, that's the thing with the Thunder, right? Like I think they can beat the Warriors in a game, but I think seven games is enough that mm-hmm. the, the variance will go against them sufficiently that that, that that they won't prevail. Yeah, but I, I'm glad it's the I'm like I said. I mean, sorry, uh, I was going to say this and now I feel guilty, but I'm glad it's OKC. Like I, I don't think the Spurs. Uh, we already know the Spurs have trouble scoring, and the Warriors are a great defensive team. But I I don't think the Spurs have the personnel to stop the Warriors' offense. Like the Warriors are a uniquely difficult offense to 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 stop and um i'm glad it's okc for that reason but i i, I don't know and like honestly like all, I, i'm totally being a wishy-washy this is why i'm a i'm my professional job is a tech analyst not an nba analyst because after game one i'm like crap the like the thunder looked the thunder won that game fair and square without a doubt except that traveling call at the end well whatever <laughs> he was, he was i'm fouled. serious the last he minute was fouled. okc he was gets fouled. all the the calls well i don't no, but he was fouled by thompson right like yeah. if you want to actually get specific about it, sure. But no, but it, basically these two games in conjunction fit my thesis of the series. I think, and yeah, so uh, I think the Warriors are. I think the Warriors are going to be okay. Well, that seems like I mean, all season we've seemed to be leading up to this point where we have a rematch, Warriors and Cavs, and I know and it's, it's on track. It, it's going to be a great one too. So uh, you and me, game five. Uh, I'm very excited about this. So hopefully it will happen because we are geeks and we'll be at WWDC and uh, and yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. That's the one thing I can look forward to now. Exactly. <laughs> not you don't feel guilty games. about it. You don't have to feel guilty about looking forward to it because you're not like rooting against your team. I've actually. It's funny because I've been to. Uh, I feel so lucky that I've been able to go to a bunch of games the last couple of years, and I was at game. I guess it was, it was game five or game six. No, it must have been game five when the Spurs won a couple years ago over Miami. Amazing game. Oh, nice. And then was at the the Warriors game, uh, you know, last year, the game two. Was that the year the Spurs won or the, or the year they lost? No, the, the one they won. Oh, wait. So yeah, you were at the t- like when they clinched the title. Yeah, and they clinched it. Yeah. Nice. Um, they crushed them that game. And that was that was amazing to watch. And then the Warriors yeah. last year, and then hopefully be able to go to game five this year. But I feel like what if someone – what if the Warriors or the Spurs don't make the finals? What what am I going to do? I have a, I have a, uh, I don't know. I've I've got to go to one finals game, no matter who it is. If it's uh, whatever, right. the Bucks there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it, yeah. If it's the Thunder, I, I'm not going to fly to OKC with you. I can tell I you that. Now, now if it was Seattle, on the other hand, see that's the real reason I can never accept the Thunder. Freaking Bennett, uh, Howard Schultz. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I can't. I can't be flying around to finals games. This is a. Uh, it just lines up perfectly, so it's worth it. It does. All right. Well, this was fun. Uh, it, it, we're, we, sorry we were late this week, but uh, but hey, this is our hobby. So we, we will we will deliver the podcast when we deliver it. So you, <laughs> our, our, our listeners can accept it. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's been fun. We got a few more games here before the finals. Should be good. It's awesome. It sounds good. I will talk to you later, Matin. Bye.